affirmative action without regard to discouragement, opposition, or previous failure. Over. That's right. You just heard from the greatest movie created, hands down. Do not argue with me. Um, with that said, uh, you may be asking what the title of the second episode of the series is, and that's right, you guessed it. It is on perseverance. A man is perseverant. I'm going to get into that in a minute. Um, but first, I wanted to thank you guys so much for joining me again for the second episode. I love you guys so much. It means a whole lot that you are still rocking with me and listening. Um, and as long as you're listening, I'm going to continue to create. Uh, I hope that tonight is uh, tonight's episode rather. Um, I guess tonight is great for you, but tonight's episode is also <laughs> great for you. Um, I'm going to get a little bit more uh, into it in this one. Uh, I'm going to be a little bit more, uh, I guess, clear with certain things. I rambled a bit in the last episode, but that's just who I am. So no raggarts on that. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm so stupid. Uh, but yeah, we're going to get into the next episode. I'm going to recap, though, uh, just a little bit um, before we start that. Um, we talked about um, men being protectors and how they are uh, protectors physically and, you know, emotionally. And then for the rights of others, um, I wanted to I wanted to grab one bit of that and expand on it a bit because I don't think I did that and I totally meant to. Um, so when I say that we are protectors of the rights of others, um, I was generalizing, but I want to be very specific because there is a movement right now that's being overshadowed and that is the, the I guess just the, the, the fair treatment, the normalized treatment of women, right? So feminists are, are fighting very passionately for this. Uh, while I don't agree with a lot of feminism because, uh, you know, it's been hijacked by what they call third wave feminism. That's not the point of the episode. I just, that's the reason why I don't like labels. Let me not say feminism. I just don't like labels. So literally just the label. Um, have no problem with the movement of the ones that are doing it legitimately. Um, but what's happening right now is we're in this weird place where women are afraid to, you know, um, ring the bell for, you know, if they've been sexually assaulted, they're afraid to say something, um, either because nobody will believe them or for lack of support or because of fear um, of retaliation, either from, you know, like a business or the person themselves. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I, uh, I, it like, it kills me to see such, such disorder, such anger, such fear, such uh, evil in the world right now. We shouldn't be living in a world where our women, fellas, and I'm talking to the men directly right now, we should not be in a world where our women are afraid to call out the wrongs that are being done to them, either physically or emotionally, um, sexually, mentally, whatever other L-Y that exists. We need to make a world where there's no shame, there's no fear, there's nothing, there's just a freedom to, you know, express, right? So I'm, I'm speaking about rape and, and violence and all that, but that it, there's so much more than just that. I mean, there's fair pay and um, the way that they dress, right? Being harassed either sexually or uh, verbally because of the way that they dress, you know, and um, being shamed for stuff like that. and. I can't even think of too many examples because I'm obviously I'm not a woman and um, I, but there's just so many things that women are just the, they're kind of a leg out in this world that you know that we all live in and and so here's the thing that I was thinking if men were truly the 
protector of rights of others what would happen if men joined together and i say men right now one because i'm that's called the men series but also in general there's something truly beautiful about men coming together in unity and connecting and supporting something um as a whole right a positive uh movement um there's something beautiful that happens when we all do that and we're all on the same accord and um but imagine what would happen if men were out there truly policing our communities with no ill intent, with no, uh, you know, ulterior motives, but truly just the desire to create a, a safe, um, comfortable uh, world for the women to live in, right? And I'm not saying that that's our job only, because you know, women can do that too. But um, we need to walk behind them and support what they've been screaming out for for so long, which is stop touching me, like. If I didn't ask for you to touch me, don't touch me, right? If I didn't ask you to come talk to me, or if I ask you to leave me alone, just leave me alone, right? Like, don't get your ego hurt because I said leave me alone. Don't feel like you need to retaliate because your ego is bruised or you're insecure or whatever it is. Um, and I've talked about a little bit about why that exists, but and I'm not going to go into it again. But the short answer is insecurity, male insecurity and male ego and the fragility of male ego is a very dangerous thing. And so if we could come together and... Um, walk alongside of our women and and that would that would just so strongly and quickly dispel those little boys out there that are creating such an unsafe area for these women to be in right and so um, if we were to raise our voices if we were to get on social media and say I support my woman um, or th our women out there and moreover if we were to then because it doesn't begin or end with social media I'm just saying that for the the, the view of the image but if we we're also to be in the streets you know doing what we say so let me go back a little bit because uh, I'm being very specific in my mind um, so what you need to know is that I'm thinking of very specific situations that I've seen and encountered um, in person over the course of my life honestly um, but I've seen so many examples of women who were uh, verbally sexually harassed men standing around doing nothing right like literally doing nothing um, having the opportunity to and either for fear of retaliation themselves or because they're just too weak of a man to actually know what to do um, they do nothing right and so I'm thinking about those type of instances while I'm saying all this um, but it goes so much deeper than that that's just where my mind is right now and so if we were to create an environment as men where that doesn't exist and women can do what they want and feel safe doing it oh my god the world would be so much better it would be so much better um you know but until we get out there and we become the front line you know things won't really change you know honestly and that's not to say that women aren't strong enough to do that themselves it's just that they're fighting against men right like a lot of them they're fighting against what men are doing and if us men would come in support of that oh my god how quickly the tables would turn you know what i mean like we wouldn't see that as quickly you know we'd, we'd see a lot of timidity to, to create you know evil and um so i digress because i can be rambling forever but that's just what i wanted to add on to last week's uh, episode and so um but as i promised we're gonna get into um perseverance and so uh yeah let's get into it i'm sorry this was such a long intro but also sorry not sorry so i will see you guys in there lego Hey, real quick, thank you guys so much for listening. I want to send a big, 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 big thank you to all my listeners out there. Um, and I also want to send a special shout out to the Anchor app. 
Um, it is because of this awesome app that I'm even able to bring you guys this content. I mean, honestly, they make starting such uh, a stress-free process. And I challenge you, no, I command you to go download the Anchor app to see how fun podcasting is. Um, I know my listeners and I know you guys are out there saying, why is it so fun? Well, check it out. Everything you guys need to start, uh, including creation tools, which allow for on-the-spot editing and a library of awesome music is in the palm of your hands or your laptop or your computer. Um, Podcasts are instantly distributed to uh, be heard everywhere, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. I mean, guys, listen, I checked the analytics and my last podcast was being heard in the Ukraine, Sweden, Australia. It's absolutely insane. Um, And then it's also really easy to start making money with no minimum requirements of listeners. What that means for you is that you can start earning money instantly with no pressure. Um, are you guys excited yet? I, kn- I knew you would be. Uh, so do me a favor and go get started by downloading the Anchor app or by going to anchor.fm. Guys, you will not regret it. I promise. All right, guys, thank you for sticking with me. That was a very long intro, but we're moving on. Um, as I said, we're going to be talking about perseverance. Um, like my man Will Smith said, uh, it is the well i'm gonna paraphrase because i don't remember what he said but it's the it's the ability to continue moving forward despite the opposition that you face and um i truly think that that makes uh, a man um special um for a couple different reasons um one i used to, to be burdened with and riddled with with fear truly been fearful of uh of fighting too hard for the future that I wanted, for the life that I wanted. I just, and, and this is also true for a lot of other guys, and I've seen it, we won't admit it to you, but I've seen this a lot where um, the kind of the, the work ethic, um, the, the internal motivation, the, the desires of men are a little bit set back. And this isn't true for all, but I have seen a good number of them. I've seen some, I've read stories about others. I've had friends that have talked about others. Like it's, it's been all around me, really. Um, and I've, you know, I've just, but for me personally, I've just been so burdened as a, as a kid, um, up till, you know, my mid twenties, um, with, you know, just this fear of fighting for what I want. You know, I was afraid of rejection. I was, uh, I was afraid of being inadequate. Still am. Um, you know, I, I was burdened with the lack of, of, uh, how, you know, how do I go and get what I want? How do I knock down the doors? You know, how do I, how do I fit myself into this place that seemingly doesn't care about me, you know, as a black man? Like, how do I how do I fight past that? You know, because a lot of these things, um, when I did start, you know, working for what I wanted, a lot of the the doors that were shut in my face were seemingly just because I was black, you know. And um, and I'm again, I'm not going to get into that. I don't want people to think that I'm just throwing that out because of the times now I can tell you stories. I just I'd rather not. Um, in the interest of moving this thing forward. But um, I have also been on the receiving end of a lot of systemic racism. And, and you know, and, but at the time, like when you're in it, you don't quite know that that's what's happening until you have a chance to step outside of it. But then when I've seen that happen and I realized how big that beast is to fight, you know, with my anxiety and all these things that I have going against me, you know, my lack of education and stuff, I'm like, whoa, how do I fight this? You know, I'm very head smart, ex- extremely head smart. Um, but that paired with what will help me move forward? You know what I mean? And, you know, so I just wasn't really prepared. And, and I'm being very vulnerable right now. And I probably shouldn't be. But, you know, y'all ain't gonna do nothing. So, um, <laughs> uh, 
anyways, I, so that, this is why we're talking about perseverance, because one, it's it's what I want for my life. What if I have, you know, a son, God willing, um, you know, I want to impart that into him. I want to impart that into the men, the young men of this generation and, you know, my culture and then just the men of the world. You know, I, I want to infuse them with this ability, this undying um, desire to fight past the opposition that is that is there against us. Right. There's so much expectation. And I read this from a guy on Facebook. He's a pastor. Um, and essentially uh, the phrase was you can have to give me a second because I forgot. But essentially the, the purpose was um, if we aren't ready to fight for what we want, then we won't get what we want. It, it's uh, yeah, I had already messed it up. But the, the point of what he was saying was essentially you got to be ready to fight no matter what is, you know, come up against you. Um, and that kind of makes the mark of a man, you know, your ability to look at all that is against you, all that you lack, all of these things that you don't have and, and the, the uphill battle that you have to fight and say, you know what, I'm still going to get there regardless, because, you know, it's not just what I want, but I have like a future of other people behind me depending on it, you know, and um, I want to read you a quote that I got. And this is kind of where the idea came from. I was just surfing around on Google at work because <laughs> I don't work at work because anyways, um, <laughs> I was reading something and uh, it came from uh, Muhammad Ali, actually. And it was really, really polarizing to me. But um, it says uh, only a man who knows what it's like to be defeated can reach down to the bottom of his soul and come up with the uh, extra ounce of power it takes to win when the match is even. Um, I'm going to read that again because I really, I really want you guys to get it. But I also want that to permeate, you know, my soul. Also, um, Muhammad Ali said this, by the way, because he's I freaking love that guy as a as a motivational speaker. But um, he said only a man who knows what it is like to be defeated can reach down to the bottom of his soul and come up with the extra ounce of power it takes to win when the match is even. Um, so he's talking about, you know, that could have been taken literally, you know, Muhammad Ali has been in a lot of because he's not an overwhelming striker. Muhammad Ali has never been a power striker. He's always been a cunning, you know, light footed dancer of a fighter, but is highly technical and definitely has power in his right hand when he needed it. Um, but there are a lot of times because of his style of fighting where he likes to, uh, you know, draw you in. He liked to draw his opponent in and, you know, and take those hits and get that opponent tired. Um, and just when that opponent was getting tired, that's when my, you know, Muhammad Ali would come alive and he'd start throwing those shots right back. When you're both tired, that's really hard to do. So when the match is dead even, you're going to say, so here's how that works, right? Um, they've always said in fighting, it's UFC, boxing, you know, um, any other style of fighting or sport, whatever. Uh, they say, don't leave it in the judge's hands, right? Um, and that's something that I've been taught also, um, you know, don't leave this into the judge's hands, right? Because that you might think that you're doing very well, but if the judge has anything to say about it, they could very well say that you lost that fight, right? I don't want to do that in life. And so what that looks like is um, I don't want, you know, to look like I'm doing good just to, you know, and I don't know how to make this specific, but just in general, I don't want my life to look like it's doing good, but I'm really not, you know, in the end, you know, it's all over for me, right? Like I want to win decisively in, in life. And what that looks like for me is, you know, I want to have a family. I want to have a career field where I'm, I, I'm changing other people's worlds. I don't want to say the world, but other people's worlds, right? Like I want daily to, to show, you know, the love of Christ through me and other, you know, to other people. I want to provide for other people. I want to um, show them their purpose in life and show them who they are in Christ. And 
and as you know as people you know just whoever they are um, i want to walk with people and teach them things that that i myself you know needed to know and um about about the word of god about you know spiritual topics about you know um, psychological topics philosophical whatever it is like i want to do life with people and um you know, so when I think about this quote, uh, I, I think about what it takes for a man to be that, you know, that takes perseverance. It takes the ability to look at myself and say, you know, I still got a little bit more to go. You know, I'm, I'm right now I'm really worn out. And this is true for me right now. Like I got a lot more to go. Like I've, I've overcome a lot of obstacles, a lot of tiny obstacles, but obstacles nonetheless. Um, and right now I'm tired, like I'm so very tired. And and if this is true for anybody else, I hope that you hear me right now um, that right now, this is what makes a man a man. You know, uh, the ability to take a uh, what is it um, to just take a, a survey of my life, take a just a quick poll of everything that's going on in my life and um, be very introspective and realize what I have to do to get to where I want, you know, and I can either make a list or I could just take it in this broad, you know, picture. But either way, I take stock of where I am and then realize where I need to get to where I need to be. You know, when I did that, I did that a couple of weeks ago and I've been doing that for a couple of days on and off. And and I just kind of get overwhelmed because I'm like, man, there's a lot that I need to do. There's a lot that I need to accomplish. There's people that I need to talk to. There's things that I need to get. You know, I have to do things that I don't necessarily want to do, nor do I think I have to do or should have to do. Um, but I have to do that to get to where I want to be, you know, and then I just realize and I take a stock of how I'm feeling, you know, man, I'm feeling very overwhelmed right now. I'm feeling defeated. I'm feeling beaten up. I'm feeling like ill, uh, ill prepared. I'm, I'm feeling a lack of support. Um, but that is what makes me me right at that moment. That's going to determine who I truly am. Am I going to look at all that I have to accomplish and just throw my hands up and say, well, it's been a good run, you know, and just be overwhelmed by, you know, all my emotions or am I going to dig deep and find the true power that I truly have? Right. And I think that's what makes a boy a man is the ability to look at that and say, I'm not going to stop here. I'm not going to let this be the end for me. This isn't the end of my story. I'm going to reach down and grab, uh, you know, the it's the very essence of who I am, you know, myself by my, I don't know, soul. I don't know. I lost the analogy, but <laughs> I'm going to grab it and I'm going to truly create something. Right. So how does this look? How does perseverance show itself and how do we get there? Um, I think that there's a couple of ways. So let me answer the first question of what does perseverance look like? Um, I've already explained it, but um, I, I like I just want to I want to make it overwhelmingly clear what I mean, um, because I, I don't want someone to feel one. I don't want them to feel like they need to give up because they don't have this. I don't want them to to not understand what I mean by perseverance and then get disappointed or get, you know, like fed up because they don't feel like they can get there. So let me explain and be very clear about what I'm talking about. Right. So, um, I have given up plenty of times, right? I'm going to open with that. I've given up plenty of times. Right. I, and so let's first, uh, let's distinguish a, I, I guess what the military would call a tactful or sorry. Uh, Oh my gosh. A tactful, uh, um, anyways, a retreat, uh, a, str a strategic retreat for a lack of better words, the other word I'm looking for starts with a T, but, um, so there is a, there's a difference between, um, uh, a strategical retreat and just simply truly just giving up. Right. So there are times and there are seasons in every man's life when you need to know when to give something up and when to just change, change your strategy a little bit. Right. So, um, 
as it pertains to uh, my life and wanting to grow into this, you know, this man and 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 have these things that I've wanted for myself, you know, like a, a great house, you know, a great career, awesome friends that supported me and, you know, I'm like a really cool car and, um, you know, just all these different things, either emotional, physical, like whatever it was, I just wanted all these things. Um, I was in a place where, you know, I, you know, I told you guys about my, you know, my history with being suicidal and um, just in my mind even. Uh, and at that point in time, I, you know, I came to this realization that, you know what, the things that I wanted, all those things that I painted in my mind to have for myself, I started to realize like in this current position that I'm in in life, I'm not going to get those things right. Like. I put I remember being 17 and saying, you know, even 15, really, and saying by the time I'm 25, like I'm going to be married, I'm going to have a kid, you know, maybe two kids like I'm going to have it all. Um, I started getting, you know, 16, 17, 18, you know, and then 21, 22. And I'm like, crap, I, <laughs> I think I'm really quickly approaching this 25 thing. I don't think I'm a because at that time I was single and then I was 25 and I was in and out of relationships. And I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely not hitting that mark. I could still have the house. I could still have the career. But then at 25, I'm like, man, I've, I've been out of college for a couple years now and it doesn't seem like I'm going to be going back anytime soon. Um, you know, it doesn't look like I even have the ability to go back because I still owe money. And, you know, and so I started looking at this dream and it was quickly fading. And and then I realized uh, and when I say realized, not because it was true, but just because of where my emotional state was at the time, it was true for for, for me at the moment. Um, but I was looking at it and I realized, man, I'm not going to do it like I can't do it right. Like I have too much going against me. I can't do it. Um, and I spent just another couple years uh, just just in a truly bad place where you know the jobs that i had were terrible i was losing places and i was losing cars and i was losing friends and all of the things that i wanted to gain i wasn't only not getting i was losing the little that i did have right so i'm facing this thing where i'm looking at this future and i'm saying man it's slipping out of my hands i don't know what to do right like there was so much uh, hopelessness that came from that. There was so much brokenness. There was so much fear. There was so much lack of confidence and everything in me was being broken, completely broken. And I feel like the joy, the the happiness, my health, even um, so many things were being stripped from me. And day by day, I can realize it. And that was the most painful thing is realizing that I'm powerless. It was like it was like I was I was standing on the edge of a cliff and I was holding something by a rope and that rope is slipping out of my hands and my hands are super sweaty. And, you know, I'm I'm trying with everything I can to hold on to that rope. But just second by second, that rope is slipping out of my hand and that weight is becoming too heavy and I'm losing it. And there's nothing that I can do about it. And each day I wake up and I realize I'm losing this rope, you know, and and I'm looking for support. I'm looking for somebody to come alongside of me and grab that rope with me and help me pull it back. And on the end of that rope is my dream. Right. But that rope is just quickly. some. I just thought of that, by the way. So if it's deep, you're welcome. <laughs> but, um, you know, that that dream is slipping over that cliff. And, you know, it's well, do I jump off of this cliff and go with it? You know, do I just pull it off or do I let go? And, you know, and maybe just try to recoup, you know, cover my losses, whatever that phrase is, count my losses and and just go, you know, for something else. Um, it, you know, and so that's when I realized, yo, I got to I got to change my strategy, you know, because uh, this can't be the end for me. So let me tell you what I did. 
um, from from the time that we moved from Michigan to Oregon. Uh, so this was about 2007. Uh, we got to Oregon um, maybe around May of 2007. I think I graduated. Let me say 2008, um, May, June, July. So March, I got January, February, March. I got to or- uh, Oregon March 2008. I didn't graduate high school with my adult diploma from a community college until July of 2008. Um, from that time until uh, 2008, until uh, September 2017, is how long it took for me to finally uh, see a, a, a silver lining, right? So that sounds like a lot of time, and it was. Nine years it took me to finally get some semblance of hope. So what that means is for that nine years, I was standing at the edge of that cliff and I was losing that rope. That rope was slipping out of my hands. And for nine years, I would have people walk by me and they would grab that rope and then they would see that that rope is too heavy and they would let the rope go and say, I'm sorry, man, it's too heavy for me. You know, and I'd have people that would come alongside me and they would try to coach me on how to pull that rope up by myself, you know, but at the end they would walk away and say, I'm sorry, man, you're just not getting it. You know, you're not either. You're not doing what I'm saying or what I'm trying trying to give you the advice that I'm trying to give you just isn't working enough for you to pull that rope up. And so they'd walk away and say, I'm sorry, man. Like, I truly hope that you can get that rope up. Right. And then even more, a lot more people are walking by and, you know, they're just wishing me well. Like, I, I, I hope you do better on pulling that rope up. Like, good luck on grabbing that rope, man. Like, I truly hope you get that weight up. But they they refuse to step in and help me when that's what I needed the most. Right. So I'm hoping that these analogies truly work for you because <laughs> because that's how it's making sense in my mind. Um, but, you know, I, so for those nine years, I had so many of those examples of of people letting go of the rope and people um, maybe even telling me that they're going to help me grab the rope a little bit later. You know, um, I'll, I'll help you. But, you know, it'll you know, just a little bit later. And then, you know, that later comes and you know, I'm like, hey, you know, I'll call out to him. Like, can you come over and help me grab this rope? And, you know, I'm like, I'm oh, I'm sorry. You know, I'm just I'm not ready right now. And, you know, they'd recant. Um, I have so many examples of of these rope people <laughs> in this analogy, but I digress. So the silver lining was me coming out to Alaska through a uh, something that I actually truly did not think would exist. Right. So I, I didn't think that I'd be able to go to school again because I owe too much money. Um, I didn't think that I'd be able to be in a career field that I really wanted to work in because I was inexperienced by the world standards. Anyways, um, I didn't think that I'd be able to make healthy connections with people because everyone that I had known was just so flaky and and they were lying and inconsistent. Uh, and I was like, well, I you know, I clearly can't trust people because, you know, experience has taught me that people really don't mess with me like that. And so I'm just going to whatever, you know, I'm destined to be on my own, at least for a spell, because that's what God wants for me. You know, and so I just believed so many bad things about myself. I promise you guys this is coming around. So just bear with me. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm trying to paint this picture for you. Um, So I was in a very bad spot. I was relying on somebody that I should not have been relying on um, in the home of somebody whose home I should have never have been in um, as a male, as a young man. Um, as a black man, so many things I should not have been in this position at all, but I was there. I was low. I was weak. I was helpless. And uh, through tears one day, um, let me let me go back because I told you that I would tell you about the, the school thing. And I just realized that I forgot that. Sorry. So um, the thing that got me to uh, school one, because uh, so when I when I graduated, uh, uh, got my diploma from the community college, 2008. From 2008, July to uh, 
sometime in 2009. All that time, though, I was almost verbally abused by my parents, just telling me, like, I need to get out. I need to get a job. I need to go to school. I need to do something. Um, they were telling me that and they were saying it was because I'm, you know, I'm becoming a young man and I need to learn how to become a man. And, you know, I need to be equipped to you know handle life on my own. And, and those things were true. But what they were truly saying is you need to get out the house because we don't have enough money to support you. You know, and that that that's another story again on its own. But, um, you know, the finances were terrible and, you know, their marriage wasn't the greatest. And and so what I learned later is that the truth is that they needed the financial support for me, you know, because they planned on taking a good chunk of my money to help with the bills because they weren't managing the money, their money on their own um, very well anyways. Um, I don't say this with a mean spirit, just kind of painting the picture um, that, you know, that's that's where things were, you know. So they disguised they disguised uh, my natural growth um, for sorry. They, they disguised the need for money with, you know, just caring about my natural growth, which I, I do believe they cared about. But I, I do believe that the driving issue was that we just needed the money, you know, as a family. And me being there made or break if we were going to continue to stay where we were. And so um, but. Uh, you know, things didn't work out. I went to a community college for a while and I took uh, a couple of classes. I did pretty well, but I just didn't know anything about school. I didn't know about the tuition process. I didn't know about the, you know, the continuing on and how the semesters work and, um, you know, budgeting and, you know, picking classes for a, a major. And, you know, I just had no vision. I had no motivation. I had a lack of understanding about how this college system works in general. And I didn't even know enough. I didn't have the the forethought to even just seek out the answers because they it just wasn't on my radar that those were even answers that I needed to have. I just, you know, you school college is just like high school, right? Like um, that's what I thought anyways. But when I got there, I realized that there was so much freedom um, to the extent that I was ill prepared for it. You know, I wasn't prepared to have almost no structure. Right. And if you need help on, you know, planning your life through through college, you got to go seek that out. Right. I just I didn't know these things. So I went in with both hands and feet tied, you know, and and I was so blind. And even though I did well in the two classes that I took after that semester was over, um, I, I had only did uh, my FAFSA for that one semester. And, um, you know, and I didn't I didn't know how that worked either for the next few years. I was just like, man, I need to do something. And and my parents were just constantly yelling at me and, you know, not letting me have one comfortable day, you know, and only the the breaks that I did get were because I was watching my niece at the time because my sister who had just had the baby was working. I was not right. I just quit my job at McDonald's because I've been there for over a year. Moving forward, I remember one night I was lying on the bed and uh, sorry for all the stories, but um I was laying on the bed and I, you know, the, my parents' words were just replaying in my mind. And, and I remember telling my brother that I was going to go into the Marine Corps. And he told me, like, that's not a good idea, man. Like he this is one of the few times my brother actually left his place to come talk to me because he he's never really been a present brother. Um, you know, he might call once, you know, every couple of years. But, you know, all in all, like I never heard from him. And so for him to leave where he was uh, to come to our place, which was maybe an hour drive away, um, maybe 45 minutes, um, was huge. And it was to talk me out of going to the Marine Corps because, uh, you know, I didn't know my dad was like, yeah, you should go to the Marine Corps because he was in the Marine Corps. And my mom was like, you should go because that's just what men do. And so, uh, you know, my brother tried to talk me out of it. I ended up going and, um, you know, I took the ASVAB. I got everything short of enlisting, you know, swearing in. Um, I was a day out and something happened and they had to send us home. And in that moment, I believe that God had 
um, he gave me the opportunity to say no. I don't, I don't necessarily want to say that God didn't want me to go. I think he gave me the opportunity to say no. Um, and in doing that, I, I took it. I was like, no, I'm not doing this. You know, so they sent us home from the, um, from the hotel that we were at. Cause that's where we're going to swear in at. Um, you know, and I, I changed my mind in that moment. I was like, I'm not doing this because I don't think that I'm prepared and I'm afraid. And, you know, just all these different things were running through my mind. I'm not going to be good enough. And, um, you know, I definitely can't be like, as great as my father was. And so, um, again, the just the, the suffering continued. And um, one day I was laying on the bed, right? And I was praying and I was crying and I was crying and I was praying and then just more crying. And I was like, God, I can't do this. I'm like, they're, you know, they need me to do something. I need me to do something, but nothing's working, God. I don't know what I like, what I want for myself. I don't know what, what I want my life to be. And certainly what I want it to be, what little I know of it anyways, I'm not prepared for that, you know, and like I felt bound. I felt tied up. I felt like my options were extremely and painfully limited. And, uh, as I was crying and in my brokenness and in my weakness, this is where perseverance comes in at, because in that I never gave up. Right. The my ability to see the future had never been shut off completely. And what that looks like is, though, I knew that all my options were gone. And in my head, I was justifying this thought that there's nothing more I can do. Like, I might as well kill myself. There's nothing else I can do to get out of this situation. So. Um, you know, I, I, I just started praying and praying and I was like, you know what, the one option that I have, God is you, you know, I can't think of anything. I can't work my way out of this. I can't plan my way out of this. I can't buy my way out of where I'm at, but God, you can do something. And so I was like, God, with everything I am, I need you to help me, you know, through that prayer. Honestly, I'm, I'm all laying. I, I remember clear as day. I'm laying on my back on my bed, I'm crying. My eyes are squeezed tight. Uh, you know, and I opened my eyes for a little bit because I thought I heard something. And, uh, you know, so I stopped crying. <laughs> and so I stopped. I was alone, by the way. So I wasn't, you know, I don't cry around people, but crying in my bedroom. Um, nobody could hear me. And or at least I think. And um, I remember feeling slash hearing something say, get on the computer. Right. This is where my life turned around because I was like, uh, you know, and it was more of a feeling than I actually heard something. But I also feel like I heard something say get on the computer. And so I remember going and just, you know, randomly having no reason to be on the computer because the computer was turned off. There were no sounds coming from it. And, um, you know, so I, I went to the computer and I turned it on and, um, you know, and I'm looking at the screen really confused and dazed because I'm dizzy and dehydrated. <laughs> and like, Oh, man, I was like, what am I doing on this computer? Yo, I'm like, why did I leave my bed? Like I was about to fall asleep there. But like, why am I why am I here right now? Like what led me to this? Like, I feel like I closed my eyes and opened them and I was at the computer. Right? Like, I don't remember the transition from the bed to the computer. I just remember opening my eyes and seeing the screen. And I was looking at the side of the screen and I saw an ad for Multnomah University. And, uh, you know, so fast forward. That's how that's how I ended up going to that school. Um, you know, so I clicked on it, asked for more information. Uh, I didn't have my license at the time, uh, but my, I don't remember what happened, but my mom wasn't there for some reason, but her car was, she still had her car there. And so I remember my mom had this Taurus. Uh, and so, um, you know, a few like days later, maybe a week or two, um, you know, my mom's car was there and everybody was gone and they weren't going to be back for a few hours. And so, um, I hop in the car, I drove from where I was, which is Hillsboro, Oregon to, um, Portland, Oregon, uh, which was 
had to have been at like a good 35, 40 minutes away um, with traffic. It was easily an hour and I was terrified because if I got pulled over, that would have been a wrap for me. Um, you know, if I would have got caught by my parents, I don't think my parents would have cared that much, but it, you know, just still wouldn't have been a pretty picture. And so um, I'm super nervous, um, but I meet with somebody there who, you know, it, like it just re reassures me that this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, and I've always wanted to be, you know, in ministry of pastor or a youth pastor of some sort. And that confirmed that this is where I'm going to be. So I applied and for the next few months, um, I, you know, my parents, they, so our situation was so bad that I told them that I'm applying and I know that I'm going to get it. Like I know for sure, because God told me that he wants me to get on the computer. He told me that I'm going to go to that school and by golly, I'm going to that school. I believed it in my heart. This was one of the few times I truly believed something that heavily, but I believe that God wanted me at that school. And so I was going to that school, uh, for the next few months though, um, while I was waiting for the approval letter, um, I was still being harassed pretty much by my parents still got to get a job like what if that job doesn't what if the school doesn't come through what if they tell you no um how are you going to support yourself until then and you know it's all these what ifs and you can'ts and all these different things and and i'm like lord why are my why are my parents the ones that are you know like stealing my stealing my confidence stealing my joy stealing my 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 peace you know like of all the people that i would expect to to fill that role it you know, my parents are the last people. Right. And, and this is another perseverance test. Right. So I'm still very beaten up. I'm still very despondent and, and afraid and and just broken and everything. And um, my parents are having an argument and they just got done. My dad had just got done, you know, arguing with me and I'm trying to, you know, have faith and, you know, dad, I'm going to get into the school. And then, you know, that night they start fighting with each other. And so that morning they're both gone. Um, and I just start praying again and worshiping God. And I'm like, God, listen, it's tough right now. It's super hard. But I know, God, that if you want me to get a job, that I'm going to get this job. And I was listening to a video by T.D. Jakes. And so I'm like, God, you got to be with me. You got to help me, Jesus. Like, I love you. Thank you. You know, I praise you. But Jesus, I need you to help me right now, right now. Like, I will not accept no for an answer, God. You got to help me. Like, this will make or break mine and yours relationship, right? Like, that's how adamant I was with him. And so this was at 9.15, I think, in the morning. I had just woken up. Uh, I had somebody's, I think my mom's laptop. I had her laptop on my lap. I'm watching this video. I'm worshiping and praising God. And after I'm done, I, I feel almost like a release. Like I feel like this burden to worship and praise God was just lifted off of me. And I texted my dad and all that, dad, can I use your car to go fill out job applications? You know, he said, sure. Again, didn't have a license at the time. I drove down to one place and one place only. I didn't feel as guided here. I just looked at it. It was a Dollar Tree um, five minutes down the street from my house. And so I could have walked there, which I did a lot. Um, and uh, I remember uh, I remember looking at it. And I was like, that's where I need to go. Right. Like there was just something that was drawing me to that Dollar Tree. And I was like, that's where I need to apply at. Right. So I went there. I applied. Um, I So I took the application. I took it back into my car and I, you know, 10 minutes later, brought it back inside. Um, by 1030, I walked out of that place with a job. Right. And I believe partly it's because I was trusting God for it. But that's what perseverance looked like for me. Right. I didn't have any other options. Right. Like my options were destroyed. Um, but I continued to fight for it. I continued to believe um, that past my efforts, I could still get something, you know, despite me not being prepared, despite all that I lack, I can still create something 
through my faith in God. And that's what got me to it. And so for you, it might be something different, right? Like if you don't believe in God um, or, you know, whatever God you believe in, like you have to believe that even if you don't believe that you can do something specifically, that there is still an option out there. See, we limit ourselves as men. We limit ourselves because we're very uh, this is where it comes all around. So thank you for sticking with me. But we're we're very um, we're very egotistical. We're very selfish in certain ways. We're very independent, almost to a fault where if I can't do it, then it can't be done. Right. Like that's a mindset by and large of men to, you know, almost to a crippling degree. Right. Like if I can't do it, then it can't be done. If I don't have the preparation or if I don't have the skills, if I don't have the education, if I don't have the connections, if I don't have the money, if I don't have the drive, the desire, whatever it is, then it just won't happen. Right. That is a lie because the world is still out there. Right. Like. We, we tunnel vision ourselves into this hole where I can only see what's right in front of me and nothing to the sides exists. Right. But that's where my help came from. It came from those side views of everything that I didn't consider. Right. So that was the two times where perseverance truly got me through and perseverance in that situation, just simply being the ability to believe that something can still happen. Right. So fast forward to the end of uh 2011, April 2011, um, I was told that I'd be back on campus and I fast forward. I wasn't, you know, and my mentor was speaking life over me and telling me that she believed that God was going to bring me back. And and he did not. And, you know, whatever, that's fine. Um, but from April 2011 till September 2017 was another just years and years and years of struggling and trying and fighting and and praying and crying and struggling and um, you know, and just suicidal thoughts and, and depressive thoughts and anxious thoughts and, um, you know, anger at people who are leaving me. So that's when that rope analogy comes into play again and really needing to de uh, depend on people and rely on people and, you know, and just having that rope slip out of my hands day by day, losing strength to hold on to that rope and and honestly losing the desire to hold it because I'm like, what's what's even the purpose anymore? You know, um, and so. The thing that I did, and this was, again, the, the same way, ironically, this I don't think it's ironic. I think it was a God thing. But the same way that I found the college, the same way that I found that job is the same way that I found this next opportunity that got me to Alaska. And it was uh, I was crying, <laughs> which I think crying is actually I think crying is what takes me to the next stage. But no, I'm joking. Um, so a lot of a lot of crying, a lot of tears, a lot of a lot of asking and pleading with God and saying, God, where are you? What are you doing? Like. I have nothing left. You know, I owe, you know, so many thousands of dollars to the school. And, you know, I, you know, I've, I have a lot of history, job history on my resume, but, um, you know, nothing substantial enough that will lead me to another meaningful job that I want. You know, I was working as a, um, what was it? A, an adult uh, caretaker for developmental, um, developmentally disabled adults and selling cars and working in the um, insurance industry and working in the, um, uh, uh, what is it, accounting industry and all these different, you know, fast food, retail, security, all these different dumb things, but nothing that I could present to an employer uh, that I wanted to say, this is who I am and this is why you should hire me, right? And so um, what that told me through through time and time again, trying and failing, trying and failing, um, getting something and having it being stripped from me, um, people walking in and out of my life and um, being that wildly inconsistent. All that that told me was y y it's too late for you, bro. Like you're done, you know, year after year after year after year 
after year, um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm getting these no answers. I'm getting these, you know, these slam doors in my faces. I'm getting these people walking out of my life. And and the last thing that I want to do was continue fighting. Right. So it's one thing to persevere when you truly want to. It's another thing to try to find the strength to want to persevere. Right. Um, so so let me explain that a little bit, because I was the latter for a moment. I was very despondent. I was very tired and and again, suicidal to the point where I'm like, I don't want to go on. Right. Like I want the pain to stop. I don't see a way out of this pain. I don't see a way out of the misery. I don't see a support system. Um, I have some people who say that they care, but even the people that were truly, truly there for me, I I started to see them as people who are only there because uh, they felt like if they weren't that I would probably end it, you know, and um, I like I felt like people were only there for me because they felt like that was their Christian duty, but not because they truly wanted to do it, you know, and so I just have all of these perceptions of people and some were very, very true. Some may have not been. I don't know. Um, but, you know, I'm just I'm feeling beaten up and broken and bruised and battered and in alliteration. And, uh, you know, and so I, I got to this point where I'm like, what else can I do? And, you know, through my tears and through all of that stuff, uh, you know, I just start praying, uh, praying and crying and, um, and I, uh, I, so I, there was this opportunity, uh, called city vision and I, I'd learned about this through, um, a Facebook ad and, uh, a Facebook ad is also how I found that never mind that I don't need to go there. So, um, this Facebook ad is how I found this opportunity. And, um, I remember, uh, I remember looking at it and I'm like, ah, this will never work. Right. Like it's one of those too good to be true things where, um, I can go to any one of the, uh, in any state of my choosing, essentially, um, I can work in the field that I want to work in as an intern, uh, as an intern, um, I can get paid to work there. I can be in a new state, right? Like new beginnings, everything fresh, everything new. And that made me feel incredible. And I was like, man, what an amazing opportunity. And I tried and I got accepted to a place out in Colorado. And because of some life situations, uh, a, a life that I had let go, but it uh, ended it on bad terms, it came back up to me. And uh, I was like, you know what? Um, I got to stay here, you know, because this this thing from my past came back to me. And I was like, if I don't handle this thing, I won't be able to live with myself. Um, this will follow me. And, you know, things just wouldn't be right. You know, so I had to um, I, I had to stay at that time. So this thing that that I thought was too good to be true essentially was. Um, but, you know, years later, God brought that thing back. And, um, you know, that opportunity that I had again, it surfaced again. So um, I filled out the application uh, once again. I told them that, yes, I'm still interested. And I checked on the application. I do not want to live in a small town. And so I waited for another couple years. And um, some people from Alaska finally called me years later, September 2017. Uh, sorry, this was um, August 2017. And uh, at the beginning, and they were like, uh, are, you know, are you interested? Do you want to come out to Alaska? And I was like, well, I remember saying no small towns, but at this point I'm desperate, you know, and if I don't get this, I am going to end it, you know? And so, um, I tried it out. I got to not only work in the field that I wanted to work in and get the experience that I wanted to get. Um, but I also was able to, um, get paid to do it very little mind you, but I got paid nonetheless. Um, and then I also got, uh, the ability to go to school for free, you know? Um, and then after, you know, that, that ended, uh, what I did have to pay, it was a very, very reduced amount, you know? So again, through tears, through crying, through straight up raw determination, I was able to get 
um, something that I, I honestly didn't believe that I'd be able to get. Um, and that was a second chance. Well, that was a third or fourth chance, honestly. Um, so what perseverance looked like at that moment was I had to be willing to set aside that brokenness, set aside that lack of faith, set aside the, the fears that I had, set aside the, the belief that I wasn't worth that future that I wanted. Um, and I had to do all of that to be open to the idea that the life that I that I want is still out there, you know, and so um, perseverance isn't it isn't always fighting, physically doing something, you know, moving things with your hands and going out into the grind. Sometimes perseverance starts with just this tiny belief in your mind that, you know, it's still possible. You know, I'm still worth it. I can still do it. My life can still be something right. Um, and so that's where it has to start for you guys. And uh, men, if you're out there right now and there's any of you that believe that your life isn't worth it, I promise you that it is. Uh, here's another trick that we we put ourselves in a trick bag that we put ourselves in. Uh, we believe and this is true for everybody. But, um, you know, so for the men, though, um, we truly believe that if uh, we, we put it in terms of, of time, right? I give myself in my head because of all the pressure that, you know, the world puts on me. I give myself up until this time to to do the thing that I want, right? Or get the thing that I want or be in the place that I want to be in. And if by this time frame that thing doesn't come to pass, then I'm a failure, right? And we're putting all this undue stress on ourselves and all this undue pressure um, that the world isn't even placing on us. And we're, we're living under that. And if we don't live up to those expectations, those unrealistic expectations, then we label ourselves as a failure because that's what we think that the world is labeling us as. Um, you know, we label ourselves as not strong enough or um, incapable or um, inadequate, um, you know, some of our deepest fears, right? Um, but man, I want to tell you that in your vulnerability is when you find your greatest strength, right? And that is true is because when you finally let go, you're able to see so many more of your options um, versus this need to control everything. See, when I started to let go of that rope, one thing became painfully clear, and that's that I'm not strong enough to hold this by myself, right? Um, although people kept coming in and out of my life, there were still people that were there in vital moments when I needed them to help me get to where I needed to be. And um, one of the things that made it hard is that I was too busy death gripping that rope to see that the support that other people were giving me, you know, and so I take you back to the example that I gave you where I was crying on the bed and, um, you know, my eyes were squeezed tight. I, I said that um, not one because it was true, but I, I, I emphasize that part because um, that's how I was holding that rope like the entire time. I'm, I'm standing at the edge of this clip and I'm leaning over and I'm trying to keep myself balanced and I'm trying to hold on to this rope as tightly as I can to the point that I tunnel visioned on that one thing. Right. And my eyes were closed so very tightly that I couldn't see anybody else around me. My jaws were clenched so tightly that I couldn't hear anything around me. Um, but once I started to lose that rope, I had to open my eyes and see what was going on. And I realized, man, you know what? People are still here. There, there are still people that are helping me. There are still people that care. And two, there's other options, right? I can I can let go of this thing. I can do that, uh, that strategical retreat because I can remove myself long enough to realize that maybe this thing that I'm fighting for, one, either 
this isn't what I need to be fighting for or two, it's not the right time. Right. There were things that I needed to learn. There were things that I needed to get. There were things that I needed to experience that would prepare me for the next level. And that more often than not is why we don't get to where we want to be in life. Right. If your life is full of purpose and if you have tons of potential in life and if there's a lot that's destined for you as a man, there's a lot of crap that you're going to have to go through. There's a lot of shit that you're going to have to take. There's a lot of stuff that's going to be broken and and twisted and burned inside of you because that's how men are made. That's how men are formed. We're forged in fires. And and a lot of the times we think that we're ready for what we want in life, but we have no idea what lies on the other side of that thing. And so when we start getting these these, you know, those those lashes and when we start getting uh, broken and and twisted and put to the fire and tested we think that that means that we're failing when really what that means is that we're being tried and tested to show us what we're made of right if i get to that thing that i want instantly i don't know what what it takes to uphold that life right so for me i'll, I'll put it to you in personal terms so it makes more sense um you know me wanting the good career you know and me wanting the family and me wanting the you know that that huge life of changing the world right i don't know what that takes i never knew what that takes i never knew the pain and the the emotional trauma that it would cause me to to have to be ready for that type of field the the stories that i would encounter and the the peace of mind that i would have to have and the maturity that i would need to possess to be able to speak to those people and um and the composure the life experiences that i would need to be able to relate to those people or at the very least understand them um and to be able to work for those people you know and to work in that field i had no idea what it took to be able to get to this place to where I'm at now. But if I would have never have gone through the last, um, uh, what was it, uh, like 12 years, if I would have never have suffered through those 12 years, I would be so ill prepared. So at the age of 17, if I would have gotten what I wanted at the age of 17, I, I surely would have failed, surely 100% would have failed. And I would have never have gone back and I would have been useless because I got what I wanted way too soon. But that's why perseverance is so necessary, because if you're able to make it through the toughness, if you're able to make it through the brokenness, if you're able to make it through the times where you just want to cry and and you look at yourself as a man and say, I shouldn't even be feeling like this as a man. But but I do. And you feel shame because of that. If you're able to make it through those times where you feel alone and neglected and hopeless and ill-prepared and and worthless if you can still stand up and say but damn it i'm going to get to where i want to go because i'm strong enough to get there and nothing is going to knock me off of that path if you're able to grit your teeth and know that you can still get there i promise you that the ending result of who you're going to be is going to be so much more powerful than the before product see and that's what i needed to learn for myself and i'm still learning is that all of those things only make you stronger, right? And so there's all the cliches that you can think of. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And uh, well, actually, that's the only one that I can think of. But um, there might be other cliches. Um, but if you can make it through that stuff, if you can have the perseverance of mind to say, no matter what stands in front of me, I'm going to make it past it because I know that that's going to make me even more prepared for that ending result. You are going to be money. You're going to be a bad man. And that's what that's what I think. So for me, I believe that that's what God is molding me into. But for you, it might just be the world. Right. It might just be Mother Nature, the Earth or, you know, Gaia. I don't know who you serve. You know, that's 
none of my business. But um, no matter what you believe, you have to understand that no matter what your religious beliefs, no matter what your background is, your training, your uh, your parents, no matter what any of that stuff is, the same thing is true for every single male out there is that you are going to have to be tested if you want something great out of life. Right. You're not just going to get it. That's not how the world works. And don't let these people tell you that, you know, you just, you just grind it out. You just work hard. No, you're going to have to be tested. It, nothing worth fighting for comes easy. Nothing worth having. Uh, sorry, it comes easy. I don't know what that saying is, but um, so I, I hope I did a good enough job of explaining what I mean by perseverance. So with all that said, now I'm going to. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> we're done. Um I just wanted to explain what perseverance looks like to me. Um, I truly hope that you guys are encouraged. I truly hope that you uh, have your eyes have been opened, I guess, to what it takes to hold on, because at the very least, I don't want any of my listeners giving up. That's what I don't want. You know, maybe it's going to take some time for you to get to the very end to where you have the strength where you have the the confidence and the motivation to to continue fighting forward but if you don't have that yet please don't give up because all you have to have at the very least is the belief that it may get better you know um, because sometimes that's all we're strong enough to have you know again perseverance doesn't have to be this undying fiery hot burning you know unwavering unstaggering faith that you know your life will be better it doesn't always look like that sometimes it looks like Listen, I don't know if this is going to work or not. I don't know if, you know, things will ever get better. You know, I I don't even want them to get better at this point. You know, I just kind of want life to be over with. But I believe that it might, you know, sometimes it has to start there. It might get better, you know, um, and for a long time, my prayer was God, it may get better or it may not, you know, but I'm going to pray regardless. I'm going to fight regardless and I'm going to believe at the very least, regardless, that my life will get better. And, you know, it's still shaping that way. You know, my trajectory is still pointed upwards. I'm not at the ending of that trajectory. I'm still fighting. I'm still believing day by day that it might get better. I'm not on the ending result of it. So I'm speaking to you from the position of brokenness, walking with you, trying to teach you what it takes to get to the next step. And that's all that we need to do is focus on getting to that next step. Right. Um, If we shrink that giant picture to a step by step basis, our ability to make the next step becomes so much more easier to achieve versus looking at it as a ultimate, you know, from beginning to end sort of thing. That's not how we operate. Um, So perseverance. Um, I pray you guys grab it. I pray you get it. Um, guys, thank you so much for rocking with me. If you have any questions, again, you know how to reach me. Um, you know, you got my uh, email, comedylife24 at gmail.com. Uh, I welcome any and all feedback, guys. Uh, I'm going to start linking this on Twitter for those of you listening there. Um, I have a lot of listeners on Apple Podcasts, and while I feel a little bit betrayed, I thank you anyways. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, that means that you have the rare opportunity to leave me a review. So I plead with you and say, please leave me a review um, of any kind, good, bad, indifferent, whatever. I really want to hear from you. Um, let me know what you guys think. If you disagree, if you agree, if you want to tell me that my voice sounds sultry, I appreciate it all. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, and uh, you need to stay tuned for the next episode where we talk.